satisfied with. And that I'll be content with. He even goes on to say that, um, uh, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? What he's saying there is, Lord, don't give me too much because my fear is if I have too much, I'll forget about you. If you give me too much of a blessing, if you make me overly content with things and material and food, then I'll take my eyes off of you and that'll become my God. Lord, I don't want that many things that it will distract me from you. He also says, or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of God. Here he's saying, Lord, just please give me enough. Give me enough that I don't get desperate and do things that are contrary to your word. You know, it's, it's quick for us to judge, isn't it? You see somebody stealing something at Walmart or, you know, it doesn't make it right, but I've heard stories of some people, that's the only way um, their kids get things, you know. That's the only way that the parents can give their kids anything. And that doesn't make it right, like I said. But that's what he's talking about here. Lord, please just give me enough that I don't have to do things that are contrary to you. And please don't give me too much where I take my eyes off of you. But put me somewhere in the middle where I can get by day to day. I can keep my eyes on you and I can be blessed. First Timothy, First Timothy 6, 6 through 10. And now, look, this is funny, okay, because last week J.J. preached. And I went to the nursing home. Nobody was there. So I come back. Two of his scriptures and his main scripture was what I had for the nursing home. So last night, I'm, I'm finishing up my studying for this. And I read Timothy 6, or 1, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. And I was like, you know what? I need to read, read these next two verses. Make sure I'm not leaving something out. And then it hits me. This is what Mark spoke about at our breakfast this morning. So again, the same scriptures I had for devotion is what he had for our brothers. That's not a coincidence. Those kind of things don't just happen. When people are in God's will, and when people are being obedient to him, he will rain down things on them. And a lot of times we're in the same community, the same church. It's the same scriptures that he's flooding us with. Because he knows what his people need. He knows what we all need this morning. But 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. And into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drowns men in destruction and prediction, perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We all think the more we have, the better off we are. We all all guilty of that. Need more. Got to have more. Got to have more money. Got to have nicer cars, bigger homes. Nothing wrong with any of these things. But a lot of times it becomes a greed thing. I've got this, so now I've got to reach for this. Okay, I've got that, now I've got to reach for this. Nothing wrong with having goals in life. But there are some things wrong with, with your goals being above your God. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, we, uh, a lot of times we do have everything we need right in front of us, right underneath us. But we overlook the small things, and we take them for granted. In Philippians 4, verse 11 and 12, if I can get there, let's see. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. This was, this was Paul, you know. He knew what it was like to need things. There were nights he went to bed hungry. 
And what amazes me about these scriptures is he goes on to talk about, you know, they didn't get to eat every night. A lot of times they were hungry when they went to bed. But yet they still fasted for the knowledge of the Lord. Can you imagine being hungry for three days and then it's time to eat? But you're fasting because you want to become closer to God? It's finally time to eat, but you're not going to eat because you're fasting because your God means more to you than your food. You're more hungry for the Word of God than you are the food on the table. Attributes of contentment. Satisfaction. We've got to learn to be satisfied with what's enough. Be satisfied with the things that God has given you. Don't overlook lack of envy. If you're content with what you have in life, I'm not going to get mad if Bradley pulls up in a 2023 GMC that costs $100,000. Well, that should have been mine. I worked harder than Bradley this year. That should have been my truck. Why does he get to drive up in it and I don't? That's envy. That's envy. Me not wanting him to have it so I can. Humility. You know, we'll have humility if we're content where we're at. We'll be humble in what, the God, in what God has given us. Discipline. Understanding that everything that's pretty and shine doesn't belong to us. You know, sometimes we've got to seek God before the rest comes in play. The Bible tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. And all things will be added to you. So, now let's talk about good contentment and bad contentment. Bad contentment is don't get content and, uh, with your knowledge and efforts in your walk with God. That's bad contentment. I don't need to be happy where I'm at with God because I'm never where I need to be. Anytime we think we're where we're supposed to be with God, we're missing the mark. Because we can always grow more, we can learn more, we can do more, we can be better. We can all do those things. Good contentment? Good contentment is, first, I mean, look around. Uh, No one in this room is without the love of God and the love of others. None of us. Everybody here, somebody loves you. you got somebody that loves you. Wife, husband, children, friends your church family, I promise you there's not one in this room that I don't love and wouldn't do something for, anything for you. You're loved. Be content in those things. And lastly, is when we become content with the things God has blessed us with, that's when God can really start to rain down things on us. Things we didn't know were possible. Things we didn't couldn't believe. Uh, until we've seen it. Um, and you know, God has opened my eyes up a lot just in these last couple of weeks to some things I was taking for granted that I was looking over and He kind of just smacked me right in the head. You know, like, hey, look at this. Look at these things you're neglecting because you're so caught up in life you can't slow down for a second and be appreciative of what I've given you. So today I'm just I'm, I'm asking you, and, and, and God has put this on my heart to uh, to remind us all that maybe you you want more, but you don't have more because it's going to take your eyes off of God. Let's remember that. Maybe you have just enough of what you need to get by every day of life, and to keep your eyes on God, and that's the purpose what we're here for. Man, good word. Thank you for that, Brad. Thank you for the word this morning. Uh, it's good to see everybody this morning. Good to have you here. I'm glad you come out. Um, made it a priority this morning to uh, come spend time, not not just so we can say we go to church, but spend time with other believers, um, spend time hearing the word of God, singing praises to him, and, and so we can leave here and be who God's called us to be each and every day. And that's why we're here. So we can be stronger in the Lord, stronger in our faith. Um, I want to thank all the men that got to come yesterday morning to the men's breakfast up at uh, Mr. Henry's. We had a good time, um, and so we, um, you know, we need to do that again before long. We need to, we'll have it here if we if we can. 
and, and, and do that more often. It's a good time, a good time of fellowship. Um, and the women, uh, I've heard Gabby told me and I've heard from others, y'all had a great time. I want to thank Jimbo and Tisha for opening up their home yesterday and, um, and, and having that out there for them. So, so thank y'all. Jimbo, he's learning how to barbecue or, or cook some some. It was, it was, it was. I had a sampling of it yesterday afternoon, and it was real good. So thank y'all. Um, but uh, but I want to, just something different this morning. I guess everybody saw the commotion, everybody running outside. So Thomas Stover that sits over here, they think he was, he thinks he was having a heart attack. Um, he found out this week that at some point he's, he's had a heart attack, and he don't know exactly when. they got to put a stent in, and it's Widowmaker, and, and so they're, you know, he, he's, of course, I'm sure that'll do a lot of tricks in your mind. So every time you get dizzy, you feel a little tightness, something like that, you think, well, this is it. This is it. And, and so he told me earlier when I, right, right as church started, that he felt dizzy, but he's here. And, he, you know, he's believing in God. But they left. They think he, he thought he was having a heart attack. You don't know. They're taking him to Huntsville Hospital. So, so we want to pray for him right now, and we're going to pray for some of these others. I, just go ahead and mention it. I know we're doing something a little different, but we'll be all right. <coughs> um, so Ginger is having surgery this Thursday, right, Ginger, on her neck and up here, um, neck and back surgery. So remember her as we pray this morning. Um, and um, so, and another thing with the Stover family, um, her son-in-law's son, um, her daughter's son, I think it was his only son or something like that, um, um, got killed in a motorcycle accident the other day, if y'all saw that. And, and so they're just, they need prayer. The Stover family and the extended family need a lot of prayer right now um, for, for the loss of that loved one and for healing in his life. So um, if you know of anything, you pray. All right, let's just spend a couple minutes in prayer asking God, especially for, for Thomas right now, to touch him and heal him where he's at. Father, we come right now. And, and we lift up Thomas Stover to you, God. God, we, we don't know exactly what's going on, but God, you do. And we know it's in your hands. We know you're taking care of him. We know that, that his faith is that he's healed. And, and Father, he, he's, uh, he's not going to let this get him. But Father, we know that you can heal right where he's at on his way to Huntsville. Father, when he gets there, these symptoms will be gone as he's going there. And they'll find nothing. And, and this heart will be healed the, the, of arteries and stuff around the heart will be healed. And God, we thank you, God, that you're touching and you're moving in his life right now. And, and be with Jewel and, and Laura, Father, as they're there. They can be help to him. And, and Father, they, they just look to you for strength and comfort and guidance right now. For everything they do and say, and Father, we thank you for it. Be with their family with the loss of this young man. God, that you just touch and Holy Spirit comfort right now. God, that they look to you in their lives and, they, and, they, and they, they, they get all their strength from you right now. And they draw close to you during this time of the loss of this, this young man in their life. Father, we thank you for it. God, be with Ginger Thursday as she goes for surgery. Father, that you touch her, be with the doctors and, and, the, and the nurses as they're in there doing this, that it'll be successful, Father, and, and she can get over this quickly and, Father, have a speedy recovery and, God, she can go about and do the things that she wants to do and needs to do each and every day without the pain. Father, we thank you, God, that you're working and moving in her life. Father, we just ask that you, again, we, we prayed earlier for Tracy Beasley, God, that you touch her. She's having this surgery in the morning, this hernia surgery that you touch and, and be with her. Father, anything else that we missed right now, God, that you just touch and you move in people's hearts and lives, that we use this time to draw close to you today, Father, that we open up our hearts and our eyes and our ears for, for the word this morning, God, that we can leave things here and, and not walk out with the same problems we come in with. But, Father, we know that we put them in your hands and we're trusting in you this morning. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Sorry. I wanted to get that out of the way while that was going on. So, and, and so, all right. Well, let's receive our offering. I know it's a little backwards, but we're going to do it anyway. I find nothing in this Bible where there's a set order for church, is there? If you get set order, it's called tradition and not the Holy Spirit. And, and so we want to let the Holy Spirit move and work in people's lives and give him opportunity to do that. Um, and, and so anybody else got anything, any other announcement? Don't forget, Wednesday night starts Vacation Bible School. If you hadn't looked in the back and just sat not out here, so Wayne, you get, you get all the accolades again. 
You never cease to amaze me, Wayne, with the with the decorations that you come up with. I promise, never cease to. But now I want to thank the women just said and the others. I don't know who all was here, so I'm not going to start saying names or I'll miss somebody. So, um, but thank everybody that was here working in the back decorating the things that y'all do. It looks really good back there. If you go back there, it looks like a food truck. No, we don't have a bunch of food, so you're going to get hungry if you walk back and you're like, where are they at? So, but we will have a food truck set up out in the parking lot for the next three weeks. Still, is that still correct? Yes. We'll have that. And so we're looking forward to that. If you know children from ages, what, 4 to 12, then uh, invite them. Bring them here the next three Wednesday nights from 6 to 8. And uh, we'll have a wonderful time with that. Came excited excited for that this year. All right. Anything else just now? Yes, sir. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yes, it was. We're gonna see him come back to the Lord. We're praying and believing for that too. That's right. Amen. Well, all right. Well, let's pray again. We'll pray for our offering this time, and, and we'll receive our offering. Heavenly Father, we come again, and God, we just lift up this time to you. God, we don't do this out of tradition or religion or anything else, but to obey you and your word and what you told us. And just be obedient to you, Father. And we thank you for it. God, that you just touch and bless each and every one in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, children, y'all can go to children's church this morning. <laughs> All right. Amen. All right. We're going to talk about a subject this morning. It's one word that's been going over in my mind the past few past couple of weeks was just generic. Generic. I remember when I was 18, 19 years old, a little younger. I remember the first pair of Nike shoes that I bought when I was 16. And so this message is not about, and it's not going to be about name brand clothes and stuff and how you shouldn't buy this or that. We're not doing that. So just just hang with me just a little bit. But I remember I didn't, mom and daddy couldn't afford the Nikes and the polos and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. I I, I wore the rustler jeans in the husky size from Walmart when I was growing up, and whatever spalding shoe was there at the time that I could fit in. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, we, we put people in a status, or they look at a status of people about what they wear and the name brands that they wear. But, you know, I remember there was a store in Hearts, and I needed I wanted some Oakley sunglasses. I, I'm, thank goodness for insurance, I got some Oakley regular glasses, but insurance helped pay for a lot of that. And I wanted Oakley sunglasses because when I was 17, 18, those were the cool things to wear, I thought. I couldn't afford Oakley sunglasses. So there was a store in Hartsville, and I called them Folkleys. They looked like Oakleys. They had the same O on them. But they were, if you dropped them, you're going to break them because they were just some cheap plastic. But I had some Oakleys. Nobody knew the difference unless I told them. Man, where'd you get those? Man, what are you talking about? Hmm. Somewhere else. I didn't get them from the Texaco station in Hartsville. Get them from there. And, and so, you know, they were a generic brand. We look at generic stuff as drugs. And thank goodness that there's generic names for drugs because we all know drugs are way expensive and all the stuff that they charge for drugs. And most of the time at the doctor, they'll give you a generic brand for that drug, right? And, and so, you know, you know, we get there and, and 
we look at that as, hey, then that's fine. You know, that, that, that's enough to do me. I do want to back up real quick. Y'all just hang on to that thought and thank J.J. And, and Brad for the past couple of weeks for the word that they brought, for the powerful word. I hope if you didn't hear it, that, that you go back and listen to it. If you wasn't here to listen firsthand, that you go back and, and you take time and listen to that word. J.J. preached last week about discipleship and what it means we need to be, we need to be discipled and we need to be discipling others. Brad preached on, how many remember two weeks ago? All right, all right. And, and I... Not that I cheat, but I put all the, the notes in, you know, the stuff. So his was about coming to God's table, sitting down, pulling up a chair and eating at God's table. His was getting what we need from God and not from sources everywhere else. All right? And, and, and so we need to understand that, and we need to do that in our life and have that and be in battle ready and battle tested and ready for the things that the devil throws at us. And now I heard neither one of them say, you'll find it anywhere else but right here. Right? You're not going to know how to disciple others, how to be discipled, unless you're in the Word of God that talks about discipleship and talks about disciples. And you're not going to know where to go eat unless you know the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's get back to generic. I just want to take a time and thank you all for that, brothers. Thank you all for the men we have here, for the willingness to do what God's called them to do. And so, like I said, this is not about name brand stuff, and you shouldn't or shouldn't wear name brand. I got a Calvin, I think it's just Calvin Klein. You know where Gabby got this? What was the name of that place? Unclaimed Baggins. So somebody left that airport. I ended up with it for 15 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> so, and so it's, it's all right not to wear name brand things or to wear name brand things. We put too much emphasis on those things, and that's what we got to do. But, you know, we see this in church today. We see a generic brand of Christianity in church today a lot of times in our civilization. We see something that looks like the real thing on the outside. It looks like that person's got it all together. Oh, they're raising their hands in front of worship. They're, they're shaking people's hands and talking to them. They're doing all the things that look right. But what, what's everything that has a generic to it? There's something important that that name brand has a license on that this other one doesn't, and it's missing, doesn't it? Bradley, you've, you've, uh, you've patented patent a couple things. If somebody took something from something you patent, you could go after them for taking your patent, taking that design or what you made and paid that money for somebody to say, no, this is yours, you've got this. And so we look at all these others, and then we look at a generic brand of it, and it's missing something. And we look in people's lives a lot of times, and we think they've got it all put together, but just like that fake pair of Oakleys, if I dropped them and they broke because the lens would come out all the time and I'd have to snap them back in to make them, make them look good, or they get scratched up. What happens a lot of times when people are generic Christians? When they get in tough times, when they get in a hard place in their life, when they fall a little bit, bang their shoulder on a high chair, and, or do something like that, they get hurt, and then they don't know what to do. And that was the inside thing. <laughs> I won't tell the story, Elizabeth, I promise. Maybe. <laughs> no, I can't. You'll have to ask her or ask Brad. <laughs> Sorry. That was one, this was not my notes, Okay. Talking about that was not in my notes. It's just one of the things that come to my head as I was talking. Apologize. So we see a generic form of Christianity. We see a generic form of church. We see a generic form of, of it looks like church, and it almost gets there, but then it's just all about how good it can be and how great life is. And we can just dance around and do all these things and, and the devil can't touch us and, and all these kind of stuff. But we know that life hits us and the devil does bring stuff to us. He does knock us down. He does make us skin our knee and scratch ourselves up. And, but, but we know with Christ, if we're in Him, we're not going to get broken, right? And it's just like Paul said, we're, we're persecuted and crushed on every side. But yet, we're not destroyed. 
We're not forsaken. We're not, we're not, we're not down and out yet. We're, we're not down for the count because ten hadn't been, hadn't been claimed over our life. If ten was claimed over our life and the devil wouldn't bother us, then we wouldn't be here listening to me this morning. You'd be in heaven. And that's where I pray you would be this morning. But it's just a generic form of Christianity. We look the same. The Some of the things same to same. We've talked the same. You know, you hear that, but something's missing. Something's missing. We all fall guilty of this a lot of times in our lives. I feel guilty of this because I grew up in church. I know how to play church. I know how to play the church smile, the church talk, the church hand. Say, hey, brother, how you doing this morning? It's so good to see you. You wouldn't know anything was wrong. And the same with you. We all know how to do that. We all know how to play that generic brand of something. But yet, one thing different that I know in a lot of people's lives and can see, and you can too when things get tough, Jesus comes forth first, right? So Jesus is the main ingredient that makes you name brand. Your name brand is Jesus, right? Your name brand's not the world. Your name brand's not what the society has put on you. Your name brand's not depression. It's not anxiety. It's not, it's not divorce. It's not all this other stuff that you can come up with that they put on you. Your name brand's Jesus, if He's Lord of your life. And so that's where we've got to be in our life, is where we, people see us as they see Jesus. Now, we know that Satan, the ruler of this earth, that we live in, the ruler of this world, is putting a generic brand of Jesus everywhere we turn. Putting generic brand of, of something that looks almost the same and sounds good, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit's missing in that. That main ingredient's missing. That main thing that makes it Jesus, and people can see Jesus, and we're going to talk more about these, but here's just a list. A generic form of salvation. A generic form of love is going on rampant in this world today. Um, a generic form of grace and mercy. It's just that greasy grace that we talk about a lot of times. A generic way for people to get to heaven where there's more than one way. We're, we're going to get into that. I'm just reading the list. A generic form of marriage. So come, y'all, y'all know what month we're in. and I'm going to rant on that in just a minute. Hang on. We're in June, okay, is what I'm going to say. We're in the month of June, which is we celebrate Father's Day. A generic form of family and a generic form of Christianity. You know, I was looking, you know, know, Gallup, they do polls. So I was looking at one the other day because I was curious. What percentage, and I I say, I said y'all know what month we in. Like I said last week, it popped up on my phone June 1st that this is LGBTQ plus Pride Month what popped up and i tried to take that off and it won't go off my calendar apple apple does a good thing they uh they said no you can't take that away it's too important it's too important of a of a remembrance to take that away but in 2012 do you know what the percentage of adults in america that said that they were homosexual 3.2 3.2 percent Ten years later, that's more than doubled to 7.2%. And you say, oh my goodness, it's doubled in ten years. How many took math in school? So you took math. So if you've got 7.2% out of 100%, what does that leave you with? 92.8, right? Then that means that's 92.6% of the people, of adults, me, and I know 100% in here that claim to love God, well, not all of that 100% claim to love God, but they, they claim to be heterosexual people. So we're going to celebrate a month where we've got to celebrate the minority over the majority. We've got to celebrate sin and put it out front and let everybody see that we're celebrating sin in this world. And it's just part of this generic form of what Satan throws out there because God loves us all. God loves us all. Well, sure, God loves the sinner because He saved us from sin. He does not love the sin that you're living in. And He says for us not to, not to partake with them in their sin that they're living in. It doesn't say that we go up to Him and say, you know, it's okay, God still loves you. No, it's not okay. It's not okay to live in sin. It's not okay to live in homosexuality, immorality of any type, because He says flee all, flee all sin. And sexual desires, right? All of it. 
So, so that's heterosexual, homosexual, whatever you want to call it, that's all of it. All of it. And so, you know, it's, it's aggravating to see all this stuff that we see. And you say, well, I can't shop here anymore, and I can't shop here anymore. Well, all i got to tell you, you're not going to be able to shop anywhere and grow your garden like they used to, like Mom and Daddy's got. Go buy a cow, milk it yourself, and raise your own chickens and have your own eggs. Because if you support anything, somebody in that corporation is okay with what's going on. So if we're going to quit one, we've got to quit all. And like Bradley said yesterday, it's going to take money to change these people's way of thinking. But they're not going to because the world we live in is a generic form of love. They say that, hey, you're, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to love everybody. You're supposed to accept everybody. Sure. Sure we are. And if, if we had the homosexual lifestyle and people come in here living that lifestyle, I promise I would preach the same thing that I'm preaching right now. I haven't backed down from any other sin. Why would I back down from that one? We don't, you know, we don't want to talk about pornography and different things like that a lot of times in church. Why? Because people that are in church deal with it. But it needs to be talked about. It needs to be spoken about boldly about those things to where we understand that it's not okay. It's not okay to have a whole month celebrated for sin. To where we, it's just, it's just accepted. It's just what people do. Well, guess what? As a child of God, it should not be what you accept or what you do. You should not, if somebody says, well, that's not my pronoun, you call them by their name and you call them by their personal name, whether it's Ray, Steve, Amanda, whatever it is, that's what you call them. There's nowhere where a law's written that says that I have to call somebody by they, them, whatever. Erin, she's a teacher in Austin. And she deals with Austin. That's in Decatur. It's not in California. It's not in New York. It's in Decatur, Alabama. Austin Junior High. This is ninth grade, right? She said that she has some in her class, that a couple of them, that want to be called by a pronoun. You say, well, that's all. No, this is Decatur, Alabama. Sin has no bounds. It doesn't care if it's, if it's California, New York, or Faultful, Alabama. It's still the same sin because it's the same Satan deceiving people. Showing a generic form of what God truly wants to do and, and just taking the wrath of God all out of it. We don't talk about that. We don't want to talk about that either. Because we, as we mentioned before and Pat's mentioned and others, the fear of God is missing in everybody's life. Because we get here and it's just a, a form of grace and mercy that God's not going to do nothing to me. I'm not saying God's going to strike you down. But God does have judgment. And we're all going to answer for things that we do in this earth. So, so don't give in to what the world's trying to do and, and celebrate the sin in people's life. You say, well, what do I do? Do I get on Facebook and just rip and rant and rave? I, that's between you and God. I've got, and I've talked about it before, and I said, I've told others, I'm not going to shy away from talking about my son and daughter-in-law that want to come out, and my daughter-in-law want to come out, oh, I'm bisexual, and my husband supports me, and he bought me a rainbow flag. I'm like, what, what are you doing? And sure, it would be easy for me to get on Facebook and just blast them, biblically blast them. But really... Now, trust me, I want to, but I have to pray about it. And the Holy Spirit checked me. Because I know that, sure, I, I'm, I'm honest with them on the side. I'm not, I've never been one to air out things for everybody else to see. If they want to live their sin publicly, I've told them before, before they was married and living together. There was a time they wanted me to take pictures of them at Christmas. And I said, I will not take pictures of you and celebrate the sin you're living in. I won't do it. So then I'm just going to put it out there. I said, I've, I've, not told, I've told this for you. I've told this for other people. Why? I said, I've been any different. And, and so, you know, and sure, people, would that not bother you? Yeah, but it gives me bullet points for this month especially that I can come back. And if they want to talk about me, they, they can't listen to this over anyway. They don't. They could, but they don't listen to it, I know. Gabby used to tag them in it all the time on Facebook. We can't open it over here. Okay, because I guess Facebook's different in Germany than it is here. I, I don't know. But I still love them, and I promise every night we pray for We pray for somebody 
to come across their path to where they can change their life. And and so <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. People want to get back to where it was before any rules, any regulations, to where they can regulate their self. People in the world would love that for a moment until they got murdered, until something happened to their life, until something happened to their family. They say, where was the police then? Where are the laws? They don't work for me. Yeah, you didn't want none. You wanted everything that you want to do to make you feel good and not have any repercussions whatsoever. That's not what happens. Now we know that's not how our life works. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man. What is man? What are we born into? Do what? Sin. Evil. So there is a way that seems right to me. There's a way that seems right to you. And if we talked about it in a, in a fleshly way, they would probably line up a lot to where, I, well, I could see that. I can do that. I can do this for, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. And you put whatever you want to in that I can do this. That makes you happy. That makes you feel good. That makes you think that you can do and God's still, God's still going to love you, forgive you, and you can go on with your life and be a witness to others as you want to. That's generic. That's generic. But it didn't stop there. There's a way it seems right to man. And it's been left to man before and they screwed it all up, didn't they? Man screwed it up. So God said, all right, we're going to put these laws. And they're going to sound retarded. And there's going to be 611 of them. And you follow those. If you want to get to me, you follow every one of those. To the T. And don't mess up. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. We can't even follow Jesus now that He saved our life a lot of times. And we didn't do nothing. We didn't do anything but ask Him to forgive us our sins. And we still struggle with that. He hung on the cross and died for us. And we still struggle with saying, God, I want to do what you want me to do today. Why? Because it's difficult and painful in our life to live that kind of lifestyle in a sinless world. And so we shy away from it. But its end is the way of death. Our way is always the way of death. You say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, you're not. If we lose our standard of what good is. I heard this the other day, and I've never thought about it this way before. The sinner, the person in the world, doesn't look at themselves as a sinner. What they consider sin is they watch the news. They murdered somebody. Yeah, there's a sinner right there. I'm good. I'm good. Because they compare themselves to a worse sin. But that sinner is still a sinner. And And they might not do anything wrong. As far as killing anybody, stealing, whatever it is, destructive. But they're still a sinner in the eyes of God because they have not repented of their sins and asked Him to be Lord of their life. And, and so they're still a sinner in that state. And they'll still die and go to hell with that murderer or whoever rapist, whoever else that did not ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins. Did not repent in their life. They'll still go to the same hell with them an eternity away from God. And so... You know, so they don't know that there's a standard of Jesus. Their standard is what they want to make it. Their standard is themselves. Their standard is, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, so I'm okay. Is my standard. As long as I don't get that bad, then I'm all right. Sure, I used to live that way. I would let myself go to a point, but I wouldn't go past that point because I knew that that would be oh, oh, a step on the other side that I know I didn't need to go. So I would get right up to that point and say, yeah, I can't go there with you. But I'm still living in the same sinful lifestyle as them. I just wouldn't go as far. That don't make me any better. God's not looking up on me. Hey, buddy, you did a good job. You, you backed off a little bit, and you, you didn't go the, the, extra, the extra mile that those did. No, he was still saying, you still need to repent and turn away from your wicked lifestyle and come back to me. So the way of, the, of a man, of his way, the end of that way is death. So if, if good in the world is our standard, then our standard's still low. We talk about this quite a bit. Jesus has got to be our standard. Jesus and what He's done for us, what he, the life He lived on this world has got to be our standard. 
That's who we got to look to. That's who we got to trust in, and that's where we get our. That's where we get our our direction from is Him and Him alone. So we lose sight of it because we why? Because we still want to partake in those things that we know shouldn't be shouldn't be there. We still want to hang out with all the people that we hung out with before, and and still be able to do some of that stuff, but just not all of it. And they'll say, well, I can't, well, you know, I'm not supposed to do all of this now. No, you're supposed to flee that lifestyle, that old man. And, and so, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 14, or chapter 6 and verse 14, this, this passage should not need much explanation. We're going to read it. And we're going to talk about it just for a minute. Because we still get bound up with this stuff. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. You can say, well, that's just talking about marriage. Well, what are you dating? What are you engaged to? What are you, what are you friends with all the time? What are you doing? So if you're doing these things with them, you're yoked together with them. You're right there intertwined. Whether it be two females that are just friends, but they're living a simple lifestyle, guess what? You're yoked together in that sin right now. You shouldn't be, you know, with, with somebody that's an unbeliever, male or female, whatever you're dating, and say, well, I'll just change them. No, you won't. God will change them when they want to let God change them. But we all know women that date the bad guy and say, well, you know, I'll change him. No, you won't change him. Ten years later, he's still a bad guy, cheating on you, drugging, whatever else he was doing before you all got married. Why? Because you couldn't change him, just like you couldn't change yourself without God. So do not be yoked together for unbelievers. For what, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. Nothing. Does, does Satan and God have anything in common? No. Or what fellowship can light in? I have with darkness. None. It cannot. We turn the light on, darkness flees, right? We cut the lights off, darkness overtakes this room. It's, 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 it's fact. Or what does a believer have in common? Or, excuse me, what harmony is there between Christ and Belial or, or the devil? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? We have nothing in common. You say, why? Well, I don't want to lose all my friends. What's more important? For you to go to your friends and say, hey, this is the lifestyle I'm going to live right, right here. And you spell it out for them. I'm going to live my life for God. I don't care what's going on around me or what you do. And if you can't come with me, I'm not going with you. I promise. What's wrong with that? Why? Because it's not the name, what the world considers the name brand thing to do. It's not the cool thing to do. We don't want people for that. We want to do whatever we want to do. It's another part of that good that we talk about. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For what? What, what does that say? For you. That says you. Mine says we. You. So you could take your finger and point it back at yourself and say you, me. For you are the temple of God. You are. You're the temple of God. And live with Him, excuse me, for you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live with them and walk with them among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So you're the temple of God. God has chosen you to live in you when you accepted Him as your Lord and Savior and chosen to walk with you each and every day. Chosen that. Even though our sin is what put Him on the cross, He chose to forgive us of that and walk with us. So, so what's keeping us back from being bold like we need to be in our faith and bold like the church needs to be and these seats be full of people that need God in their life. Remember, church, he didn't come for the, for the, uh, for the already just perfect folks, did he? Jesus didn't come for that. He come to heal and save and seek those who were lost, right? That's what he came for. And so our churches are filled up with, with people that think they're saints, but we don't have a lot of... You know, we're, we should be inviting people to church to hear the gospel of Jesus with us every week. Bringing them in here. They should want to come in here by droves, but they don't because they believe the generic form of salvation that they don't have to do this. They don't have to be here to, to know Jesus, to, to have a relationship with Jesus, but they're wrong. He said, therefore, what does he say next? Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Come out from them. That's, that's pretty, pretty, pretty plain, I think. It doesn't need any explanation. 
He says, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty, or says the Lord Almighty. So we are to come out from among others and be different than the others. And, you, and people use the thing all the time, Jesus ate with the sinners. Jesus done this. Jesus partook with them. Yes, he did, but guess what? At the end of the day, he was still Jesus. And they wasn't in there knowing that he was not Jesus. And I, prom- I, I, I can't promise because it didn't say that, but I could almost guarantee that each one that sat down with Jesus that was a sinner did not leave that same way. I told you before, I know people that think it's good and all right just to, just to go drink and do whatever with everybody else because they're witnessing. Three sheets in the wind, you're not witnessing. Jesus wasn't getting drunk with them. He wasn't partaking with them. I have a feeling Jesus was sitting there telling them about the goodness of God and there's another way besides the way they're living to get to heaven. There's another way to live this life. <clears throat> and so, yeah, we're all to witness. We're not to mimic the world and we do not condone what they're saying. We do not condone what the world's doing. And so, we're to come out from among these others. We're to come out and be different from this world. And not celebrate the things that the world celebrates. Not celebrate sin in our own life. And especially not celebrate sin in other people's lives. And what they're doing. I want to look back. Just I got some scriptures with this list that we talked about earlier. And that first one was a generic form of salvation. So in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The generic form of salvation is this. You're good. You're good. Just be good. Do your best. And God will reward you. That's his generic form. That's what Satan wants people to believe. Why? Because he don't want people to repent. When we repent and make Jesus Lord of our life, he knows that there's a change coming in us. He knows that when Jesus left, he promised the Holy Spirit to, to come and empower us, Right? So when we ask God to forgive us of our sins and come into our life and make us whole and cleanse us, then we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, God Himself, to be have power over Satan and what He does to us in our life. And so He don't want us to know that, so He just tells people, look, you don't need all that to go to heaven. You don't need this. What, what they're preaching up there ain't right. What they're preaching, it's, it's okay, but we're, you know, the church is to love and accept everybody. And we're supposed to just be okay with whatever's going on. That's not what the Word of God says. And if you go to a church, they've been to a church that taught that, then they're wrong in what they're teaching, and they're not teaching the true Word of God. Because this in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given, by, given among men by which you must be saved. And that name is Jesus. No other name. We can't go to anybody else to be saved. In First John chapter 1 and verse 8, because people are good, and like I said, they have no bearing on what sin is in their life. And they, you know, some people just say, well, you just made a mistake. It's okay. You just made a mistake. Well, sure, you made a mistake, but you still need to ask forgiveness for that mistake because it's still a sin. Any disobedience from God is sin. And, and anything against His Word is sin in our life, and we have to ask forgiveness for it day after day after day and repent and strive to go away from that and not do it again the next day, the next hour, the next minute, and, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us in our life to where we don't get back into it. Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So if you hear people say, No, I'm good. I'm good. No, the truth's not in them. That truth is Jesus is not in their life if that's the way they believe. Because he goes on to say, if we confess our sins, confess our sins. And we talked about this last year when we went through the book of 1 John. We don't want to confess things a lot of times because if we actually speak it, then that means it might be actually real in our life. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, generic form of salvation, we don't need that. Jesus, no, you need him in your life. You need to ask forgiveness of your sins. Generic form of love, we talk about love a lot here. Why? Because we want people to understand that love is not just an emotional feeling, and that's all there is to it. And when you don't feel that person that way for somebody, you're out of love with them, or you don't love them, or you don't this or that or the other, because Jesus, if he felt 
like He loved us if He just felt love and didn't really love us unconditionally and took Himself out of the equation and put us first, then we couldn't be up here preaching the truth of the gospel of Jesus today because He would have said, ah, forget about it. Forget it. They don't believe me. It don't matter. I don't feel like I love them, God. I'm just, just send me back to heaven. He wouldn't do that. Like I said, generic form of love is that feeling that we get when we're with that person. And if we lose that feeling, then we're not in love with them anymore. And, and, and we get that way with God ourselves. I don't feel like God loves me. No, God loves you. God loves you. I don't, feel like, I don't feel like God hears me. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. Why? Because we're based our whole life and our spiritual life, our Christian life on emotions. And that's how we live it each and every day. We're up one day with Jesus, we're here at church, everything's good, and then or we're here at church and we're down and we and we don't do nothing about it because we're living an emotional Christian roller coaster lifestyle that's not in the Word of God for us to live. It's not there. Generic form of love. Love is just whatever. Love is what they're talking about this month. Love doesn't judge, as I've seen before. Love just don't judge, so we can do whatever we want to. And just covered under the basis of love. That's not true. It's a lie. Straight from the hell itself. Straight from Satan. First John chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8. Because this is where love comes from. This is where love originated. And without it, we wouldn't even know what love is. If they didn't know what God, that God is love, then we wouldn't have a, even a clue of what love was. It'd just be a word and emotions. And that's all lust is all it is. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of who? God. And everyone that love is born of who? God. And knows God. He does not he who does not love knows not God, for God is what? Love. God is love. Not anything else, but God is love. God created love. What love is, a true example of what love is, is God and God alone. And and there's nothing that we can do to shy away from that. And get away from that truth. If we do, then we've got to get back to the Word of God and get out of this generic form of love. A generic form of grace and mercy. We all know people that live that lifestyle that says, I can do what I want to, when I want to, and because God's done forgive me once, so I'm good. We all know people like that. To where they, they, they were in church, they, they were on fire for God, and they slipped away, and now... So they can do what they want to do and live the lifestyle they want to live. Well, that's what grace and mercy is for. Well, yeah, that's what it's for. But as Paul said, and I don't remember, I think it's the next one up there, Cole. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, I can always point them back to this when I hear people say that. Romans chapter 6, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So it's okay to sin, but so we need grace. If we stop sinning, we don't need grace. Well, I promise in the world we live in, until Jesus comes back and redeems us or takes us home, and then, you know, until Satan's bound up and, and cast into the lake of fire and we all come back to live here, guess what? Guess what? You need grace. You need grace. Because sin is not leaving this world. Because we man brought it into this world... And God's going to have to take it out, but He gave us a way out before the end of time to where we can be ready. But if we continue in sin, so grace may abound. This, I like this because this is an exclamation point. Because, and, and the first time I heard it, you may have before me a few years ago, a guy at work was telling me his passcode, and it was his name, one, and bang. And I was like, what is bang? What is bang? And he said, exclamation point. And I'd never heard it called that. I don't know, y'all may have. Maybe I'm just behind the times for a few years. But that's when he, it's what he says all the time. It says, when he says, bang. And I like that because this, in my Bible, or in, in what, what I had, it says, certainly not, exclamation point. Or certainly not, bang. With emphasis. With emphasis. So we continue with sin. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? How shall you, who have made Jesus Lord of your life, continue to tamper and live in sin and have, have any part of that in your lifestyle? Why? Because it's easy to do in a sinful world. And because we've got this generic form of grace and mercy and everything's just okay. Or do you not know as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death, 
Therefore we're buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so should we walk in newness of life. Newness of life. So you're saved. We strive not to sin each day. Why? Because we've got newness of life in us. We've got Jesus on the inside of us. A generic way for people to get to heaven. We've heard it said that there's more than one way to get to heaven. No, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. Jesus is that only way. There's no other way that can get to heaven besides this. In John chapter 14 and verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not, because Jesus had just told him, hey, we gotta, I got to go away. Comforter will come. All this. He said, he said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can, can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So no one comes to the Father. No one gets to heaven except through Jesus. He is the only way to heaven that will never change. Never. People can try all they want to, but they're going to be sadly mistaken. It will not change. A generic form of marriage. Generic form of marriage. And I say that as I've got relatives. I've got a cousin now who last year married another woman because it's legal in Alabama now. And so I've got her, I guess it'd be her wife. I don't, I don't, yeah. Is, is, got the Carol last name now. I don't agree with it. Am I up there bashing them? No. Praying for them? Yes. Because their eyes can still be opened. Generic form of family. The marriage to where we don't have to do this. The, the sanctity of marriage is not the sanctity of marriage anymore. What this means does not mean an endless... This, this is what it has explained to me. This is an endless circle of love that never breaks. Is what me and Gabby sit here nearly 24 years ago and said next month, July 24th, will be 24 years. And said those vows right there. It's an endless circle of love. But we've lost that in the world we live in today. And, and you can say, well, I had this happen and this happened here. God has not gave up on you because you've got a divorce. And I've said this a lot. And we talk about it, but we do not praise divorce. We do not praise people just living together and, and not getting married. Because the Bible talks about a, a man and a, a husband and a wife. You, in the Bible, you can't be a husband and a wife without being married and joining into one. Right? you just be a man and a woman living together. And you say, by common law we're married. Yeah, but by common Jesus you're not. Okay? That's, that would be a higher power than the common law. Let's read this out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. We're not, I'm not preaching on the home. This is just where a, this is the real form of a home. This is the real form of marriage. And what the world throws out today is not. Two men that say they got married are not married in the sight of God, I promise. Two women that get married are not married in the sight of God, I promise. A man and a woman living together is not married in the sight of God unless they took these vows that we need to take to say, hey, we're one. Okay? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, how can you be a wife? You're a hu- you're, you've got a husband. That's how you're a wife. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives and their own body. Nowhere in here have I read yet that two consenting adults can just have sex because they want to. Does that put it plainly enough? All you young people understand? They're supposed to be together for that to happen. Nowhere in here does it say two consenting adults can just live together and do anything they want to because they're consenting adults. It does not. It says husbands and wives. Husband and wife. Don't make anybody mad. Y'all, y'all good. Y'all still with me? All right. Making sure it got quiet. I don't know why it got so quiet. It makes me nervous. It makes me sweat a little bit more. I'm going to have to. 
For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church, where are members of his body, of his flesh. For this reason, for this reason, for this reason right here, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. People say, well, we have left each other's parents, and we are joined. Yes, but are you joined in holy matrimony just as the Word of God talks about? Are you joined together in marriage and in one accord and under that sanctity of marriage and what that means and say those vows and do those things that, that say, hey, I'm married. Let's say, Gabby's my wife. So, we, again, I've said we talk about homosexuality in church and, and, bad, and, and say how bad it is. Adultery and fornication... There's no worse sin in the sight of God. It's not. The Bible talks about it. Generic form of Christianity. All right, maybe I'll get some more amens out of this. I ain't getting none out of that other one. A generic form of, of Christianity. Well, I go to church. I don't make you a Christian. Or I, or I like this one. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. You don't have to. If you're truly a follower of Jesus and want to be a disciple of His, then you're going to want to be in church, whether here or somewhere else, but somewhere where they're preaching the true Word of God. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No. No. That's, that's one of that generic form of Christianity. It's missing something in their life, and you can tell. It's missing the love of God as it needs to be there. It's missing the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, again, we did not ourselves good and what makes us think we can sit at home and not be in fellowship with other believers and get better what makes us think that well we do a lot and then i can do this and be all right you know i don't I, you know it's okay for me to say this every now and then for me to watch this for me to do this it's okay it's all right it's just a generic form of christianity we've all been there i've lived it myself i've told you I've had those areas in my life to where I've had to work on them. And it was generic form to where it looked good on the outside, but the inside was rotten to the core. Jesus, this is Jesus. This is words in red, okay? So we know this is Jesus. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, You, you, again, we go back to that you. We said this before. You could point your finger at yourself, and I'm talking to you. Just well, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to them. Whoever's watching this on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever, and they watch this, I'm talking to you. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light. Jesus is not here. We're ambassadors for him. We're supposed to be the light, showing people how to get to him. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And he gives light to all that are in their house. Here it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Church does not mean that you're a Christian. Church, coming here, does not make you to where you're ready to go to heaven just because you come fill the seat this morning. There's only one thing. You're here that gives you a foot up. That gives you better. Because if you've not made Jesus Lord of your life, then you're just filling a seat this morning. You don't have the light in you to be a light to somebody else. And for us that have the light in us or claim that we do, the church in itself needs to do a better job of being a light to a dark world. Now I have to say, there's a lot of people here that does a good job of that. If I see you out, you know, you're, you, you're, not, you're not mad at everybody. You're not doing these other things. I did get a call the other day that said, hey, I saw, some, saw a vehicle with a sticker from your church on there. I was on their phone, not paying attention, going through a traffic light. So if you got a sticker on your vehicle, Victor Fellowship Church, remember, people know where that's at and drive right. But he said, and they, it was, they were just mad because they didn't make it through the traffic light at 31 and 36 when they wanted to. They had to wait another turn. And, and so, and I don't remember what kind of car he was driving. I don't remember. So I, I can't say who it was. Do what? A white car. That's a white car. Kenzie. Is that? <laughs> you got caught. <laughs> She's stuttering over there. She don't know what to say. All right. We're supposed to be a light in a dark world. 
If you're here this morning and Jesus is not Lord of your life, I say it every week, today is the salvation. Today is today. We don't offer salvation. When, when people come and get saved, you do not become a member of Victor Fellowship Church. And I've said this before, we don't have a member role. We've got a piece of paper that you fill out with your family information on it. And we keep that for our record so we know your address, phone number, birthday, and we can put that stuff out. But other than that, we don't have a church role. You come, you're part of us, all right? That's where we've always been. And, and so, you know, it's not offering that. It's offering an eternal life with Jesus. That's what it's offering. It's offering eternal life through Him to where we can live in this dark world and a different level than what the people in the world's living. In a different place. And so when they see us, they see Jesus through us. And that's what we want to give this morning. And so, you know, we don't want to give a generic form to anybody of what God is and who God is. We want to give the right thing at the right time all the time. That's how we want to live our life. And, and so, you know, if you're struggling with that this morning, then you can pray and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to fill you, to remove things out of your life. Repent of those things that's holding you back from being who God's called you to be this morning. Repent of those things and ask God's forgiveness and leave this place better than what you came in. Leave some things here. When we talk about leave things at the altar, leave them there. Leave them there and don't pick them back up and take them with you and strive that you're going to be better than what you was. So y'all stand this morning. If you need Jesus this morning, today's the day. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you need, if you you got areas in your life where you need forgiveness and you need to ask God to to take these things away from you, then as the music plays this morning, you can you can right there at your seat where you're at. Come here, make a determination this morning that the things that are bothering you right now in this life that you're not going to let them control you each and every day. You're going to come back and you're going to be who you're supposed to be and in the body of Christ and, and, and watch God work and move in So y'all, y'all take a minute right now and just, just, just ask. Let the Holy Spirit search you.